this week's episode of the Whiskey and Watches podcast, Spangler has the night off. Spence and Buzz talk about Spence's new acquisition, which many of you may have already seen on Instagram, and what goes into a watch fit, whether it's dial diameter, diameter of the overall case, case thickness, bracelet taper, how the strap fits into the lugs. There's a lot of different things that affect how a watch fit, and Spence and Buzz talk about what matters most to them. We hope you enjoy. All right. Well, welcome everybody to another episode of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. Uh, it's just two of us tonight. It's just uh, Spence and Buzz. So how you doing, Buzzy? Doing good. Spence, doing good. Yourself? Doing all right. Uh, doing all right. Uh, Spangler has the night off. Uh, had, he just had a conflict. He couldn't make it tonight. And since we since we <laughs> delayed recording this until Monday night, um, this episode is going out tomorrow. So we had to get something done. That's right. <laughs> So stay tuned. Uh, we got some. We actually have some interesting things coming here in the next couple of weeks. So it's going to be. Uh, I'm excited about what we got coming up. Let's just put it that way. But uh, without further ado, uh, what are you wearing? What are you drinking? All right. So this week, I once again have the Brew Retrograph on. That is uh, on loan from our friends at Brew. It is uh, still. A blast to use that uh, mecca quartz. I was timing things this afternoon for absolutely zero reason. Um, <laughs> I was letting it run for a little while so the sub register got a little bit further along just so I could watch that reset also. Uh, news flash, it's, it's really fast reset. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I am still enjoying this piece although it is probably going back to its home this week. Um, but we really appreciate uh, Brew uh, sending it over for a review. Oh, yeah, no, it was absolutely great of, of Jonathan to send that over. Um, that was, I, I think, probably, if not our best, definitely one of our better interviews. Not that we've done that many interviews, but like that, that episode was a ton of fun. Um, it's it's doing really well from a download perspective. Um, it just he is just a great guy. I mean, I, I I caught the replay of the Red Bar New York Zoom call that he was just on, and you know everybody was joking that he's the nicest guy in the industry, and I have absolutely no problem believing it. That's no no that's no slight to anybody else who we've interviewed because everybody that we've been able to talk to has been absolutely great, yeah. but just some of the stories that. Adam Craniotis was telling and just it, it was just it was just really interesting to hear that too on the heels of having spoken with him the week prior um just a fabulous guy doing a lot of really cool stuff really excited like we said to see what he's doing next so oh exactly um, I, yeah, yeah I, really I looking could, forward to that <laughs> yeah I, I could see that claim we've we've talked to a lot of nice people interviewed a lot of nice people I mean that's that's the fun part about this hobby right it, it's really those relationships that that you build and the people that you meet um, but yeah that was a really fun interview i felt like for a substantial amount of that podcast that it was actually four co-hosts talking instead of someone being interviewed by three show hosts you know oh yeah no he was i i described that you know, I, I told my wife afterwards, I was like, he was just firing on all cylinders that night. He, he brought it like it was, it was one of the most fun, like watch conversations I've ever had. 
just just that hour plus that we got to spend with him. So that was that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, sure. I'll be sad to see that one. I'll be sad to see that go. Although, really would like to see a master graph at some point because those ones those that interests me as well. I'd love to see the dive bezel on that. Although, he described a little bit more to us off the air about that new piece and. I'm not going to give anything away by any means, but like I'm really looking forward to seeing what that looks like later this year. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. The new stuff is always fun. Oh yeah, but um, I'm I'm really creative guy though because the the second part of your question. Guess what? It's still Costco whiskey. <laughs> I love that. I, I don't. I, I I hope that this doesn't become a a thing, like. Uh, like was it Rick or Ricky's uh, Panerai? Yeah, uh, uh, Rick's Panerai. Yep. Rick, yeah, Rick's Panerai. Right. I, I don't want it to become that much of an association, mostly because uh, I would need to drive to a neighboring state to get more of it. <laughs> but yeah, it it, uh, it it soothes the savage beast that uh, that I am at the end of the day. So. Nice. Yeah. Good. Good job, Costco, and good job, Beverage Tasting Institute. <laughs> Send me your newsletter. Got to figure out what that uh, what that grading scale is. That's is it right. out of a hundred? It might be. At least it was a gold medal. Is there a platinum medal though? We don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I I couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you. So yeah. what what what's on your wrist? And what are so, you drinking? I went old school today. Um, and I've been doing this a lot on Mondays. I've been wearing the Tudor Black Bay Steel, which is the first automatic watch I bought. Bought it for the firstborn son to kind of mark the occasion and hopefully pass down to him one day. Um, just like, just really, just still really love this watch. I mean, it. The the more your collection grows, not everything gets enough wrist time. It's nowhere near the lack of wrist time that like the Rideau or the Swatch get. Um, but every time I put it on, it makes me smile. It, it, it reminds me of why I got into this and, you know, I absolutely love it. Um, and then I am drinking, I dusted something off. I've had this bottle for a long time and I don't drink too much of it because it'll get you, it'll get you lit. Um, <laughs> I've got some Noah's mill from Bardstown, Kentucky, um, coming in at a fire breathing, 115 proof, um, but, you know, it goes down smooth. I'm on my second one, so this will get interesting tonight, maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. I had a yingling earlier um, at dinner, which was fun. Um, but it was on the rocks earlier, and now it's just neat. So it's definitely more fire-breathing now than it was uh, when it was on the rocks. But really enjoying it. Like I said, had this bottle for a while, uh, working my way through it. But it's not one you can drink all the time, because if you drink a couple of them, you're going to... You're going to be down. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. So that's what I'm drinking. That's what I'm wearing. Um, tonight's going to be kind of a just a, another – this is just going to kind of be more – this is going to be more in the line of Scottish watches because, you know, we're just kind of talking. We had a couple of topics lined up, but we're we're pushing those back a week or two. Just wait till we get Evan back. Um, but we figured tonight would be a good night. I have a new watch acquisition. hey yo. So I picked up, and some of you may have seen this on Instagram. I've posted it a couple of times. I picked up what I like to call the new Seiko Turnograph, which is the uh, the new Presage uh, one that it was. I mean, it was announced 
earlier in the year, I feel like in January, maybe even last year, like late last year, because I remember texting Blake, the enabler at Richter and Phillips when it came out. Um, and uh, saying, you know, I really like the champagne colorway. And they had one of these in along with one of the black ones. It's a limited edition. Uh, so I've got one of the, the – you know, there, there were 1,964 in each colorway. And it was done to kind of commemorate a watch that they've already commemorated, I guess. Because they did the the two different chronographs last year that were supposed to be reminiscent of their first chronographs. One was a, a two, a three register, but two of them were black and it was supposed to be like the Panda that came out, um, 55 years ago. And then they had the Monopusher one that was a presage model that very similar to the one that I'm actually holding right now, as far as dial hands, but it was 43 millimeters and it was a three register and it's going after the old, like, um, it was just a mono pusher, but it would just reset the seconds and you would use the turnograph bezel to keep track of the minutes, um, which is really cool. Um, but this actually, to me, it, it doesn't have the mono pusher. Um, so it's really just a turnograph. It's got the friction bezel that goes around, but it looks a lot more like the original. It's very true to the original, except it just isn't a chronograph. So, um, suspense. Were, were you saying that it is a, like, re edition of a re edition? It's like. Watchception, you know, but. not really. I don't think because this looks a lot more like the the original. Okay. Like if you look at if you look at like the minute track, um, and and the, the markers and the Dauphine hands and just the proportions. I mean, it's not the same proportion because obviously that watch came out in the sixties, um, nineteen sixty four to be exact, uh, which is where a number of limited edition pieces, um, but like. It looks almost exactly like this, except it's missing missing the pusher at um, two o'clock for the uh, for the chronograph function. But it, like I said, it, it's a chronograph, and only it was. It's kind of like one of those. I feel like one of those older, um, like almost like a stopwatch feature, where it would just reset the seconds yeah. and didn't mess with the movement. And you would have to this one. You'd have to use the bezel to keep track of elapsed minutes. Um, which is an interesting function. Uh, the bezel action is great. Uh, just an awesome little friction bezel that's bi-directional. I absolutely love it. It. We were talking about this earlier uh, before we started recording. Um, it wears really well. And I mean, it's it's 11 millimeters thick, but it wears thinner because the bezel is black, anodized aluminum. And it makes it seem even more slimming because the... The, the stainless steel, the polished case sides stop at the mid case. So you end up with this illusion that it's, you know, probably two to three millimeters thinner than it really is when it sits on your wrist. Uh, it's got a nice short lug to lug, um, solid end links, 20 millimeter lug. So it's going to go on all the straps that I just bought from Zach, um, <laughs> since he's strap co and the clasp is machined. It isn't stamped. Yes. Or at least it seems like it's machined. It's got a really nice little clasp on it. it. Has great action. It's got a thin little, you know, the clasp goes back a couple of links, but it's got a thin clasp. It doesn't have like a big diver's clasp on it. And to me, I mean, I think we've talked about it. I'm a big fan of the Rolex Turnograph, but that's out of the budget for quite some time, and they don't make them anymore. So finding a good example isn't really hard. But they're they're not they're not exactly inexpensive. They're 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 expensive, and you know for what. I got this for at Richter. I mean, I you know MSRP was eight twenty five, so I mean that's you know it, 
that's a good deal for a 6R35 movement. It's got hacking. It's got a quick set date. It looks, I mean, you got to see this one in person. The Depending on the lighting, the hour markers are either dark or very, 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 yeah. very flashy. The hands are just great. The looms, it's a Seiko, so it looms good. It's not one of their divers, but, you know, you can see it in the dark. Um, I, yeah, my, I love the way it wears. So I, I did get to uh, see it when you brought the the brew over and we we looked at the Pioneer and all of that. Had kind of an impromptu pre, pre-birthday mini-mini red bar. Micro red bar, I guess, if there's only two people. In. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and what stood out to me about this watch, first and foremost, were those hour markers. Uh, they're, they have multiple facets. Um, I think those facets have to be kind of like triangular in section because when you look at them from one direction at an angle, half of them will be bright, reflecting the light back to you, and the other half will be dull. And then when you rotate it, so you're looking at that, that same incident angle, but the other way, it's, it's the exact opposite. So really polished uh, hour markers that, that play with the light uh, in just a really, really neat way. I, that impressed me. The bezel action for a friction bezel was remarkably free of stiction, right? So, so getting, getting it going from a from rest state was pretty pretty easy there wasn't like a big uh, sticking point right to get it moving Mm -hmm. Um, that being said the only points I I, I freely admit that uh, when you were talking about you know how much you liked it and that you're gonna get it in my head I'm I'm thinking I don't get this watch. I don't understand it. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 good looking. It's got good specs and whatnot, uh, but I, I just didn't quite get it. Um, the only thing that I don't like is on that bezel. Uh, there's quite a few triangles, and there are. I would, I would love for the triangle that's at. 12 to maybe be different or be loomed, but there's bigger triangles, smaller triangles. Uh, there's dots and there's numbers as well. There is, but it's it's mostly, let's be real, it's a lot of triangles. If you are if you are down, like if you're King Pythagoras, right, and you, you're all about the Pythagorean theorem and just triangles in general, like this is your bezel. Yep, there are seven triangles. The one at 12 is noticeably bigger. But that said, I, I kind of agree with you. It'd be cool to either have a 12 there to be different than the minutes that are around or something different. But yeah, it, it is a lot of triangles, especially between 11, 12, and yes, 1 o'clock. That's, that is a lot. It, it, un- it is. Unweights it. I hope I didn't make you see something that you didn't no. see previously. Because I don't usually look at the – like I like the bezel, but to me, like – I don't even really look at the minute track that's on the outside. I, I'm all like I'm always looking at the hands and the finishing on the dial because it's got oh, yeah, the dials the show absolutely. It's it really is. I mean the the fact like you said I think you're right. I think they are triangular because if you if you adjust it you can see like 
the only one that has three bars is at 12. All the other hour markers are like two of these mm -hmm. very polished bars. And if you move it, you can see where they like where it jumps from like here to here. So I think they are triangular and finished. I don't have a loop, but like it'd be cool to see the center of a loop. But it's got kind of like the whole dial is shiny, but it has two different finishings. And the ring that is the same width as the hour markers is different than the rest of the dial. And it's – I don't know if it's polished a different – I don't know exactly know how to describe it. But it's like – it's so cool. Like it just – it looks – it just looks different. And you know what I think it is? I think it is more flat or it's circular, almost like snailing all the way around. And then the rest of the dial is sunburst. Yeah. So that, it's just – it breaks – like it's just – and then there is – between the rotating bezel and the crystal, there is another slightly polished ring that just adds another like pop of like polish that catches the light. It just – to me, I was looking for – and I kind of – like the Rolex date just, let's be real, is kind of – like if, if you're in a business setting, if you're wearing – even if you're not wearing a suit and tie every day, if you're wearing – even if you're business casual, but you're wearing an Oxford shirt, like that is your quintessential type of everyday watch to me. Yeah, absolutely. I always kind of gravitated towards the Turnograph because it was a date just but slightly different. And since that wasn't going to be in the budget for quite some time, um, I love the timing function of this. So I don't need a dive watch. I don't need the water resistance. This still has, you know, it's still water resistant to 100 meters. So. It you know it'll do the job. It is just a push pull crown, so obviously I'm not going to go swimming with it. But like I'm not worried, and like I said, it's a modern Seiko, so there's it's going to have a bulletproof movement in it. Um, but I look at this and it's like this could go on a ton of different straps. This you know has an awesome little oyster bracelet that actually wears really well, is very comfortable. The clasp is good. Like if if I needed to just grab a watch every day and not worry about it, not worry about what. Like, not worry about being in a meeting and thinking, okay, are they noticing what's on my wrist or not? Like, this is a Seiko. It's a, it's a, it's a higher-end Seiko, but it's a nice-looking Seiko. It's got some fun features that I could – you could just literally wear every day, and that's what attracted me to it. I would be interested to see it on rubber, on a Tropic. That would be interesting. I am – I'm going to be probably working with Zach on trying to find, like, a cool – leather color to put this on for the winter because I think it'll look really sweet oh, on yeah, a leather strap. Sure. Um, yeah. It would be interesting on a Tropic, though. I have a 20-millimeter Tropic if you don't mind my wrist cooties. I think we could work something out there. Yeah. I think we try to figure out what that looks like. I think it'd be cool. I mean, we have a friend who just put a Grand Seiko, like the Champagne Dial Grand Seiko that he has on a Barton Band Silicone Elite for the summer. <laughs> and it looks sweet. Like, I'm not going to lie. It looks great. <laughs> so, but I mean, it, it's it's just, it's, I will say this too. The black dial version is pretty cool, but their green one is like, it's a tur almost like a turquoise green. Have you seen that one in pictures? I haven't seen it. Our buddy, I don't know if he listens. He's definitely a follower on Instagram who I've communicated with. Uh, our buddy at WatchMod Perfect has the green version. It it's sweet. I didn't need another green watch. I wanted the champagne dial, but like I would like I would love to see the green dial version in person because it looks pretty slick. Nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So that's uh, that's where we're at. 
Um, but it, it kind of brings us into the rest of what we were talking about earlier is, you know, I've got it in front of me and I've got the Black Bay and they technically have the same diameter. And, but it, the thickness matters, but like you look at them and it's like, in, from some angles, you're right, the Seiko looks bigger because it's more dial. But then when you think about how it feels on the wrist, you know, the lug to lug on the Tudor is significantly larger, or at least it looks significantly larger. I don't have calipers. So I don't know. They just wear differently for having similar dimensions, albeit, you know, the Seiko's 11 millimeters thick and the Tudor's 15 because of the domed crystal. It's just interesting to see how two watches with the same diameter wear so differently. So we were we were having this. Well, before I get into the, more of the background, I really wish that this was also a, a video podcast because it was really funny uh, to to see on our video chat to see Spence Schwartzkopfing the two and just looking back and forth, right wrist, left wrist, <laughs> right wrist, left wrist. Uh, it, that was that was pretty good. That kind of made my night. Um, the but yeah so we, we were talking about you know the diameter is of a, a watch is one of the big measurements obviously in, in how big it is how it wears that's certainly the most common one I would say it's the most easy to find any sales listing you've ever seen for a watch has the diameter of it but you know what what are the what are the important things to us that determine just how a watch feels on the wrist uh, versus the specs? Uh, you were saying I know I, I think we both saw uh, one of the one of the guys at uh, at uh, forty and twenty were. They were on had a podcast, right? That they were discussing an article that was was uh, on another watch website. Yeah, I think it was on. I, th- I want to say it was on Watch You Seek, and I don't know who it was that posted it. Go listen to the Forty and Twenty podcast. I think it was two or three episodes ago. They did a poll on their. They called it their thick T H I C C watches. Uh, fun pun there. Um, and you know they they talked about you know different watches that are thick, how they wear, how they feel. Um, so it's it's right in line with what we're kind of talking about with the diameter, but also the thickness and how it it sits on the wrist. That was a really interesting episode. Um, the article, or the, not the article, but the post that they saw on one of the forums got really in-depth on a couple of different watches. Actually, more than a couple. I think he had like four or five, and then just measuring the circumference of his wrist with the different ones on. And it it wasn't it wasn't the thickest watch that had the largest circumference necessarily. Um, so it, it does really just go to show that it's not all about thickness. It's not all about diameter. It's about how it fits on your wrist and what you like. Um, and there are a couple of different aspects that I th- I'm sure we'll talk about. But I mean, you know, one of the cats from 10 and 2 just bought essentially this same black bay, but with the with the green bezel. Yes. Like it's the oh, same thickness. It's this so other, other than the lack of a date and a green bezel, it's the same watch. And she rocks it, and it looks great on her wrist. So, like, it it all just depends on how that watch sits on your wrist. Yeah, and I I know that um, I've I've read people talking about you know all you know if you measure your wrist wrist circumference, um, 
you know, that's a pretty typical analog, but people pointing out that, you know, some people have flatter wrists and, and some have rounder wrists. So, you know, flat one's going to be kind of wide on the surface that you're wearing the watch and then kind of thin on, on the, uh, the other aspect. To me, I think that uh, the lug-to-lug length in relation to the width of my wrist, uh, to me that that's kind of what what makes a, a watch fit well or not. Um, when I see the lug to lug getting too close to the width of of my wrist, to me it starts to look really ungainly, and I, I'm not a not a fan of that. Um, oh, well, it's why Seiko turtles wear so well, and why Doxes wear so well for as big as they are. Exactly. Super, super short lug to lug. You know, you can have a really wide case, but just as long as the lug to lug is, is shorter, it, it turns out just fine. Oh, yeah. And I mean, so lug to lug, you know, the way the lugs even fit. I mean, we kind of talked about that in our previous episode about the Hamilton. So it, it has, it, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, um, it's an it's a it's almost like a hockey it's thick and you talked about this you know if the watch is thick it feels a little too top heavy i almost kind of get why you know everyone's like oh they 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 didn't really ruin the sea dweller but like when they upsized the sea dweller from 40 to 43 and then readjusted the bracelet to kind of make it all fit together the regular sea dweller not the deep sea um that watch probably wears a little bit better despite its size because and you know I, I like the forty millimeter forty millimeter sea dwellers, but they do feel a little bit more top heavy because they have a helium escape valve. They're thicker than the sub. They're designed they're designed for a purpose, but they do wear a little bit bigger and a little bit more ungainly because of that case dimension, because they're thicker watches. Um, so I, you know I, I think I think you're right. I think there's a lot of the watch design goes, you know, there's a lot of how you design a watch. Not only does, is it how it sits on the wrist, is it top heavy? Does the lug to lug make sense? But I mean, I think that goes back to the Hamilton. The Hamilton has really long lugs. Like yes, if you look at the lug to lug for a 40 millimeter for, and for as thick as it is, I think it actually has a longer, I, you know, you guys can add us all you want. We don't pay attention to that to a certain extent. Um, it may have just as long of a lug to lug or a longer lug to lug than my Submariner which when I was considering trying to get that for my wife as a watch we could share, I knew there was no way that would fit on her because she's got a significantly smaller wrist than I do, and that wasn't going to happen because of those long lugs. Uh, still love that watch, though. <laughs> it, it's, it's really funny that um, even the, the uh, khakis, even the Hamilton khakis have really long lugs, um, because when you'll notice when you see them on NATOs a lot, but when they're on an actual strap, uh, yeah, it gets a little gappy in between. It does get a little gappy. The, the strap, and uh, yeah, I mean that's like it's it's a real bummer because I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm being persnickety here, but if those lugs were a little shorter, I mean everything else about about those khakis are just so awesome and 
let's be real, I'll probably get one at some day regardless of how long the logs are. I, I can certainly deal with it. I've actually contemplated uh, getting one of those as a present for uh, someone that's going to have a, a pretty cool uh, milestone next year. Have to be vague in case he's listening. Probably not. But uh, ah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I just I think that that lug to lug in relation to the the width, not the circumference, but the width of the wrist. I think that's important. Um, and then dial size, right? Not, yes. Not, not the outer case diameter, but the diameter of the dial. So the um, uh, Bernhardt Binnacle Anchor that I uh, bartered with you for, for mm-hmm. when we played that member guest. Uh, I, I loved it. Uh, absolutely loved the design. Thought it was so cool. Bought it. And I just did not wear it as much as I normally do. Did with you know my other watches at the time, to be more clear. Because in a field type watch that has a really skinny fixed bezel it's all dial and that Mm -hmm. 40 millimeter all dial uh, to me was just just a little little inharmonious for my tastes so so the funny thing that you mentioned about that is i'm looking at this and that was what we were talking about you look at the lug to lug and the thickness on the tutor and it definitely looks like a bigger watch than the Seiko, but you look at the dials, and the dial on the Seiko, because it's got a significantly thinner bezel, mm-hmm. looks bigger. And the interesting thing is, if if this Seiko didn't have the rotating bezel, and it was still roughly the same size, if it just had like an outer case edge and a smaller bezel, I don't think I'd like it. I think what ties it all together is that thin black rotating bezel, because it shrinks the dial just enough... Yes. And it gives it a visual breakup. Now, and we talked about that in the episode two weeks ago with the Moser. It fits superbly on the wrist. Like the, the, the case design, the shape, everything there is phenomenal. Like it, it hugs the wrist great for a nearly 43 millimeter watch. So from that perspective, it doesn't feel big or ungainly on the wrist. It's and the way that it's got a very flexible rubber brace or rubber band fits great plenty of plenty of you know holes for you know the right side like it's a supremely comfortable watch but when you look down on it it is all dial there is almost no bezel and the 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 very domed crystal almost gives it a more like magnification effect so it's um it's interesting like it it's all it's definitely it's an amazing watch to wear it's a ton of wrist presence but it is it is almost 43 millimeters of dial. Um, so it definitely, it looks big on the wrist, even though it doesn't feel like it's as big as it is, if yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> oh, exactly. I mean, there's there's the sensation of wearing something, and then there's just the proportions looking at it. And it, it's funny because with that Moser, I mean, there's a lot of things that are gorgeous about that watch, but the dial is is phenomenal so uh, you know that's a pretty good thing to put on display it it really i mean you're (laughs) right like if you're gonna look at 40 if you're gonna look at nearly 43 millimeters of dial there are very very few dials that i've seen in person that are that that are that beautiful like it 
it's I wouldn't want anything else to interrupt that dial. It's gorgeous. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> the dial to highlight. Yes, in every way, in yeah. every way. Um, be curious as to everyone else's thoughts, like what other measurements we may have forgotten, or or what is it our listeners look for in you know in kind of a, a case design. Is it thickness? Is it diameter? Is it is it ratio of dial to bezel? Uh, is you know I know some people and and a lot of this does depend on price point and and it definitely adds to how the, the watch feels. Some folks it it's the the way the bracelet sits and it's whether or not the bracelet actually tapers. You know yes. that definitely has a a big a big impact on how a watch wears. But my guess is the folks who don't like a bracelet taper or who want a bracelet to taper probably don't like NATO straps that much. Now um, that I think about it, <laughs> so. It, it's funny you say bracelet taper, right? If I hop in the way back machine to probably a decade ago, I still remember when I picked up my Orient uh, Mako, mm-hmm. reading about those, and I still remember to this day somebody arguing up and down that the bracelet needs two millimeters more of taper, that it, it's... It's all right. It's a great watch, but that bracelet lets it down because it doesn't taper enough. And whoever a decade ago made that point on Watch You Seek, um, congratulations. You're a good communicator because that still sticks in my mind. (laughs) Do other more arguably important pieces of information stick in my mind? Eh, Probably not. But but that one sure does. And I take it you agree with that person. I do. Yeah, that's yeah. And I mean, I, I I get it to a degree, and that's probably another reason why. I mean, I don't know. Like this Seiko has a slight amount of taper, I think not a lot. But to be honest, that was the one gripe I would have when I was at Richter and Phillips. I tried on. I love the new Tissot Gentleman, the Powermatic versions that came out that, you know, let's be real, look a lot like a date just on Oyster <laughs> with a smooth bezel. I mean, you know, uh, if you're going for that look and you're on a budget, like there are there are not that many movements that have as many awesome features as the Powermatic 80 does. Um, that's a great watch to buy Those are, for that yeah, price point. Serious but chops for the price. They do. It's un- It looks great, but the only thing... Not the only thing. I mean, I I liked the dial, but I kind of wanted the blue to be more of a, a brighter blue than it ended up being in, in person. Um, you know, if I'm getting nitpicky, but the bracelet not tapering definitely was noticeable on that watch because it is a it, it's more of a date just 41 than a date just 36. I think if it was the 36 or a 38 and the bracelet didn't taper and it was like a, a slightly smaller lug width, I think it would work. But because it's a 41, I want to say that it's a 21 or a 22 lug width. At least that was what that is what would make sense, and not tapering on that, it's a lot of bracelet and it's noticeable. Um, I, whereas yeah. if it did have a little bit more of a t- and granted, it's it's not the most expensive watch, but I think it's what seven seventy five on a bracelet somewhere in there, somewhere just south of eight hundred dollars. And if Seiko can do it, Tissot, who's part of the Swatch Group, should be able to do it too. I would think. Yeah, i i would I would agree there. Uh, the Powermatic 80 left me a little cold. I mean, not the Powermatic, the, the Gentleman. Uh, Powermatic's the movement. Uh, the last time that we were down at uh, Richter and Phillips, I, I checked that out, and it's 
it's a nice watch, but it is, it is too much dial for for this guy. Too much dial for a small fixed bezel sort of watch, mm-hmm. and that un- really made me sad. But you know what? That that them's them's the breaks sometimes. That's true. Although the other the one that I do gravitate towards, and I'd love to see the sparkling white version of this, or the, I think they may call it their champagne. I tried on the chocolate dial on a leather strap with the rose gold um, bezel, which you can get those on a bracelet, but I don't know that you would necessarily need to because there's no gold on it. And that is actually, it's a solid gold bezel for like $13.50 on a strap. Hmm. You know, I think it is a lot of dial at that, but if you don't have the bracelet, you have a, a unique dial color in that chocolate brown or that like sparkly kind of champagne-ish white that they have. I think having a two-tone, so the, the rose gold bezel, breaks that up a little bit more and probably makes that wear a little bit better. I really liked the way that one sat on the wrist. Yeah, it, it's funny because when, to me, putting a watch, especially one that was designed to be on a bracelet, putting it on a strap really makes fit more important when you don't mm-hmm. when you don't have that distributed weight of a bracelet and thickness of a bracelet um, getting the the fit off slightly um, it, it's just it's not very forgiving uh, on the strap and it's funny because to me a slightly loose fit on a strap is really super annoying and um, on a bracelet, depending on what bracelet it is, sometimes it's part of the charm. I mean, I've copped to it. I'm, I'm Mr. Jingle Jangle with a Jubilee and a reasonably oh, sized watch. I, I, I completely like agree. That. But what I'd say is on a strap, there's a potential that you can go ahead and punch your own hole if you need yeah, to. For sure. <laughs> for sure. But anyway, well, you know, it's, it's funny. We're, we, we, uh, we joke, do we have enough con- do we have enough content to fill a half hour and we're already at thirty seven minutes mm-hmm. um, One thing I did want to say that I thought was interesting, and I know we're going to talk about it probably on a later episode in a little bit more detail um, but those of you in the greater Cincinnati area have probably noticed uh, a certain local retailer putting together some pretty cool watch of the week videos on Instagram, uh, mm-hmm. so we wanted to give a shout out to our buddy Blake the enabler. Um, they've done two watch of the week videos. They did the grand Seiko spring edition, the spring drive to coincide with their, um, their, you know, they did a little bit of a grand Seiko sale. They got to celebrate being able to be open again, which was neat. Um, you know, after all the COVID stuff. And then, uh, they featured the, uh, Breitling chronomat, which our buddy who is absent, you know, posted a couple times on his uh, Instagram story in the last week. Um, so it's, it's really neat that they're, they're doing some more stuff, being a little bit more interactive. I've always had a good experience when I've gone in there. Uh, you find Blake and obviously we had Matt on the show, yeah. talk to Blake, talk to any of the guys in there. They're, they're very welcoming. They're very open. You know, they love getting stuff out and talking about different stuff they have in the case. Um, you know, it, it's always been a good experience for me. Obviously I'm a little biased because I bought several things from them. Um, but it's, it's neat to see them doing a little bit more, you know, stuff out there on the social media, you know, things like that. So I want to give them a shout out. Um, if you're in the Cincinnati area, go, go say hi, go talk to Blake, the enabler. He'll hook you up. <laughs> <laughs> He's good at it. Yes, he is. 
Um, so we want to make sure. I, I think we'll probably talk a little bit more about that chrono, the, the chronomat in a in a later episode uh, upcoming. We got we got something that uh, we got a fun episode in the works. Our own version of a fantasy draft, if you will. Uh, that'll probably be in the next week or two. But uh, we're having the fantasy got, draft. Come on, everybody's yeah, doing it. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's doing it. It'll be it'll be different than all the other ones um, to a degree. But it's I'm I'm looking forward to that. That'll be a lot of fun. We've got a couple other fun guests coming up. Um, we do have the two videos out on YouTube. We might be adding a few more. Um, we might, you know, there's, there's, like I said, it was, been, it's been an interesting weekend. It's been an interesting week for us. There've been some, some fun things happening. We're working on a few things. Uh, really excited to see where this all goes. Uh, but we appreciate everybody for listening. Um, because we, we do joke about our number of listeners. Uh, but, uh, there are there are more than eleven of you. We know that. We appreciate it. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's been a ton of fun so far. And uh, this is episode nineteen. Next one's going to be episode twenty. That's I didn't think we'd. I I don't say I didn't think we'd make it that far. I know my wife didn't think we would. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we really appreciate everyone listening. Um, and uh, stay tuned. There's some fun stuff coming. So with that, uh, that's all I got. What about you, Buzzy? Nah, not, nothing more to add here. Been, been All fun, right. Well, fun talking watches with you tonight. It's always fun to talk. I I do enjoy getting to do this every week with you and with Spangler, and uh, we appreciate everybody listening. And uh, we'll catch y'all next week. Have a good one. See ya.